Hello, and welcome to the Revive Common Sense podcast. Well, I want to share some information with you that I think is critical for people to understand. And I wish I had time to be more tactful, but unfortunately, there simply isn't time to continue to sidestep and convolute the issue here. We've got to deal with this, and we've got to deal with it very soon. Someone must get to the point and start calling things as they are. All right, let me start by explaining what is happening to us. If you don't agree with what I'm saying, I suggest you do a little research and study the fall of every great civilization throughout history, and then see if you still feel the same way. If so, then unfortunately you are one of the people that I'm referring to in this blog. If you take offense to that, then I suggest you do a further introspection and see what it is exactly you find offensive, because all I'm pointing out is the obvious results of the situation I'm about to explain. One of the laws of physics says that for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Now take just a moment to think about that and and really try to understand what it says. For every action, there will be a reaction or consequence that will be equal in force to the action. Now this law is actually one that Newton applied to motion, but it also has applications in regards to other circumstances as well. Because if you really think about it, everything is in motion. We can see the physical evidence of this all around us if we simply become aware. As it pertains to this blog, I'm referencing the effects of various stimuli on the development of human beings. In a blog that I wrote, entitled Knowledge versus Intellect, I showed examples of scientific studies that proved conclusively that developing human children need stimulus in order to develop properly. Without the proper stimulus, the children exhibit signs of mental retardation. It's as simple as that. The reason for that is that the intellect develops to acclimate the organism to the surroundings in which the organism will exist and operate. Therefore, if the organism will have very little interaction with other organisms, then the intellect doesn't develop those skills because the stimulation for that development is absent, thereby indicating that the ability is unnecessary. Conversely, if the organism experiences persistent, complex interaction with other organisms, the stimulus is very strong, and the intellect develops in such a way as to ensure that the organism can easily interact with other organisms. If you break it down to its simplest terms, you could say that need begets development. The reverse of that is also true, in that the lack of need retards development, or better stated, causes no development to occur. It is this basic premise that explains exactly why every great civilization on Earth has eventually fallen. All civilizations had a beginning, and that beginning was fraught with hardship and strife. Hardship and difficulties are necessary stimuli for the developing intellect of the human organism. It forces the brain to find answers and solutions for serious problems, many so serious that they could mean the difference between life and death. This mental exercise causes intellectual development just as physical exercise causes physical development. There is not a professional bodybuilder anywhere on this planet that has not worked hard and given their body physical obstacles to overcome in order to stimulate muscle development. Without it, Not only would the muscles not develop, but they would actually begin to decrease in mass, which is a condition known as atrophy. The same is true for the intellect. So as the struggling culture was forced to stimulate their brains in order to ensure their very survival, their intellect developed and grew with each succeeding generation until it reached a point where it allowed the culture to escape or fraction off and become their own civilization. As the civilization grew and began to prosper, the intellect was no longer needed to ensure daily survival or to desperately find a way out of whatever negative situation they needed deliverance from. The focus of the intellect then turned towards making life in the new civilization easier. 
This has led to many marvelous technological achievements, but there is a tragic side to this. Since the organism was no longer faced with critical, life-threatening situations, but instead was now only concerned about making life easier, the type and urgency of the stimulus changed. The very stimulus that had caused the high degree of mental development was now gone, or at least greatly reduced. That marks the beginning of what I like to call the regressionary period. As I said earlier, take away the need and you halt the development. And if the need is removed permanently, then regression begins. That, in a nutshell, is where we are in the U.S. today. Our lives have been so easy for so long that we have reverted in our mental development to the point of having the minds of children. Now, there will be some who can see and accept this, but the vast majority will simply not be able to grasp the situation, and the reason is this. Think about all the children that you know. Can you think of one of those children who would consider themselves stupid? In fact, don't they think that they know more than you do? Do you know why that is? The reason is because their intellect has not yet developed to the point that they are able to grasp the concept that there are things that they don't understand or know, and that their limited amount of life experience is so small that they could not possibly know as much as someone much older. They just don't have the mental wherewithal to understand that. It takes an amount of rationalization that their minds are simply not yet capable of. So then, what happens if their minds never develop to the point that they can rationalize to that level? You guessed it. They become quote-unquote adults who always want their way because their way is best. They're infallible and always right. They are selfish and irresponsible. They always want more no matter how much they have. They are thin-skinned and easily offended or upset. They are violent and easily angered, and they constantly make decisions that are not only harmful to them, but to others as well. These are the character traits of children because their thoughts are devoid of reason, logic, and rationale. I ask that you think about this deeply and ask yourself a few basic questions. For instance, would a logical thinking adult be concerned only with their pleasure and engage in sexual activity giving no thought to the consequences? Would a logical thinking adult spend more money than they make? Would a logical thinking adult try to force their beliefs and their ways onto others who are also logical thinking adults? Would a logical thinking adult not be content no matter how much they had attained? Would logical thinking adults lie, cheat, steal, rape, pillage, plunder, or enslave? The answer to all of these questions is a resounding no. Are we presently doing all of those things and more, not only nationally, but globally as well? Well, I'll let you answer that based on your ability to see and understand our situation. To those of us who are able to see it, we have actually gotten to the place that most of the actions of the so-called adults are so ludicrous that it would be laughable if they did not permeate our society to the point that it is not in any way humorous. If you accept what I am saying is true, and it is, I trust me, then who among us is the most mentally deficient? Well, that would be those among us who have had the easiest life and therefore the lack of stimulation to develop their intellect. And who do you suppose that would be? Do not most politicians come from affluent families with lifestyles that are totally devoid of all hardship? And have we not established that hardships are crucial for mental development? So let me ask again, who among us are the most mentally underdeveloped? The answer, the ones who are currently running the country. Now, does that sound like a plan that will work? Ask yourself, is it working? That's right, it's not. We are being governed by the ones with the least ability to do so in a rational, responsible manner. But yet they consider themselves to be the cream of the intellectual crop. It simply is not so, and the evidence is overwhelming in regards to their inability to govern responsibly and with logic and reason. 
You tell me how the economy is supposed to grow when there are currently over 90 million people without jobs. Suppose you tell me how those people are surviving. How do they pay rent? How do they buy food? How do they buy clothes and so forth? Those of us that are working are paying for them. That's how. That system is simply not sustainable. And anyone who thinks it is, is just not sufficiently developed in their mental abilities. We have become so stupid that we do not understand even simple mathematics. If your total income is roughly $2 trillion, then how can you think it prudent to spend $3 trillion? Now let me do the math for you. If you take $2 trillion and you subtract $3 trillion, you're left with negative $1 trillion. That's the deficit. That little negative sign in front of the one means that you are into negative territory. Financially speaking, you're in the red. In other words, you're in the red, underwater, in the hole, in debt, $1 trillion. Now, if you think I'm speaking in a condescending manner and that I'm assuming that you don't understand simple mathematics, all I can say is somebody definitely doesn't understand because we are doing this right now in our government. We are on target this year to spend almost $1 trillion that we don't have. Not only that, but we have done this for so long that we are currently over $17 trillion in debt. We've been borrowing money from whoever will lend it to us, and we've been spending like there is no tomorrow. The problem is, there is a tomorrow. And we are sealing the fate of our future with our irresponsible acts. Do you really want to hear something insane? We are more concerned about wearing the right Halloween costume so as not to offend anyone's delicate sensitivities than we are about the fact that we are bankrupt as a country. We are more concerned about posting the Ten Commandments in a public place than we are about having our country's credit rating downgraded for the first time in the history of our nation. We are more concerned about who can own a particular gun than we are about the fact that the nations of this world are actively trying to replace the dollar as the world's reserve currency. A catastrophic event, by the way. In essence, we are more concerned about political correctness than we are about political survival. Do you understand that? We are more concerned about the ozone layer and methane gas than we are about securing our borders. We place more importance on the fate of some bird, frog, lizard, bear, antelope, skunk mouse, or whatever than we do about gaining our energy independence from people who are hostile to our very existence. Does any of this sound like the acts of mature, logical adults? If it does, then you're part of the problem, and if you don't see it as a problem, then you are simply not thinking with an intellect that is developed to the point necessary to be a functioning member of our society. We are on a collision course with disaster, and we are moving so fast that it is dizzying. Look, I want you to know that I am not now, nor have I ever been an alarmist, or a radical in any sense of the word, but anyone who isn't alarmed at what is happening in our government presently either has the mind of a child or has no mind at all. This is serious business, and it grows worse with each passing day. I'm not saying these words for any reason other than I have kids and grandkids and I cannot bear the thought of them facing what I know is coming if we don't stop this train before it wrecks. This isn't going to be like 9-11 or like the crash of 2008 or even like the Great Depression. This will be more like the cataclysmic devastation of 2000. That's the only blank right now. The only thing that we don't know for sure is the exact time that it will happen, but it is certain that it will happen. If we don't do something soon, it's inevitable. If you ask how I can be so sure, perhaps you should be asking, how come you don't see it? There could be no more evidence and concrete proof. Just because people don't see it does not mean it's not there. I see it, and it scares the daylights out of me. 
not so much for me because I'm in the twilight of my life, but for my progeny, for my kids. That is why I'm saying we must do something, and we must do it very soon. We have elections coming up this year, and if it hasn't all fallen apart by then, we had better take a hard look at who is running for office and not just accept anyone who happens to be on the ticket, but we better demand and install people with some good old common sense. It doesn't matter to me if they have an education or not because education is merely information, and information is totally useless if you don't have the brains to do something with it. Information is available everywhere this day and age, but what's sadly lacking in our culture is intelligence. That is a rare commodity, and it grows more scarce with each passing generation. To expect change from our current leaders, that's insanity. Some of those people have been in government most of their lives, and what changes have they made, or are they currently making? We need leaders, not rulers, and I'm sorry to say that rulers are what we currently have. These people are simply not competent to do the job they've been tasked to do. On what do I base this statement, you ask? I base it on the fact that the moral decadence in this country is off the charts. Based on the real numbers, unemployment is out of control. More people are on the government dole than ever before, and we are currently $17 trillion in debt. And this year, we will spend almost a trillion more than we take in. The debt ceiling has been raised 74, I said 74 times, since March of 1962. Now that's the same as having your credit card limit raised, but with a significant difference. Your credit card company raises your limit based on your credit worthiness. Do you think for one second that if you contacted your credit card company and asked them to raise your credit limit so that you could use some of the money to pay your credit card bill, that they would accommodate you? If you believe that, then you're delusional. They would see and understand what any logical thinking person would see, and that is that you are horrible at managing your finances. But that is exactly what our government is doing with some of the new money we acquired by raising our ability to borrow. We are using borrowed money to pay the payments on borrowed money. Run that past your financial analyst and see what they tell you. Hold on, though, because it gets worse. Some of the money we're using isn't borrowed. It's created. We are actually digitizing money, which is the same as printing it, to the tune of $84 billion a month. That's $84 billion. And we're using part of that newly made money, most of it actually, to pay our bills. Now run that by your financial analyst and see if they start screaming and running for cover. I ask that you not take my word for any of this, but rather do some research on your own. That is, if you can miss an episode of Idol or Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and see for yourself the dire situation that we're in. Our government has the ability to raise the limit on what we can borrow, not based on our credit worthiness or on our ability to repay the money, but rather based on nothing more than the fact that we need more money. Do you understand what that means? The credit limit is not a limit if it's transient. Some of our former politicians put that debt limit there for a reason. They understand what happens when a country becomes lazy and complacent based on the easy lifestyle, and they tried to keep that from happening by putting a limit on the amount of debt we could incur, thereby forcing us to take a hard look at our spending. Then we could rein it in and get it under control. No, instead, our government turns the debt limit into a suggestion that can be altered as necessary rather than an edict that needs to be adhered to. Once again, I want to reiterate that I am not an alarmist. In fact, I haven't even really been very involved in politics. I vote, and I try to casually follow the legislature so as to keep abreast of laws and mandates and whatnot. But this, however, goes way beyond my ability to just sit back and let the politicians handle. 
especially considering the absolute mess they've made of things in the last few decades. This is not mere incompetence and irresponsibility. This has gone to a new level. This, this could be considered criminal behavior. There have been things in the past that the government has done that I've not agreed with. I'm sure there have been things that you didn't agree with either. But this has crossed over into a whole new area of blatant malfeasance and deceitfulness. You want to talk about entitlement programs? Then let's talk about the biggest entitlement program of all, the U.S. government. The people who are supposed to be the public servants representing us have come to believe that it is their right to be in charge. It is their destiny. They deserve the power and the influence, and they are deserving of an income for life even after ruling, notice I said ruling, for just five years. It is divine providence that they be exalted and elevated due to their special abilities. Now, are you telling me, if you're one of these representatives, are you telling me that you have been divinely commissioned, sought out and installed by some deity, so that you can help run this country into the ground? I vehemently disagree with that opinion. In fact, I consider your notions to be expectedly childish. The purpose of the Congress is to see to it that the government is held accountable to the will of the people. Its purpose is not to legislate and establish laws telling the people what is best for them against their will. Those are the actions of a tyrannical government, not those of a democratic republic. The only thing that makes our representatives special is the enormous responsibility that they carry in assuring that we are fully and accurately represented. Sadly, very few, if any, of them accept that responsibility, but they rather act as if them being voted into office somehow translates into us thinking that they are better than we are and uniquely qualified to tell us what to do. Somehow they think that we have given them the authority to say and do whatever they think is best, disregarding the will of the people. Perhaps we need to put dictionaries in the halls of Congress so that the people we send there can look up the definition of represent. Unfortunately, though, it wouldn't do any good, since in order to understand the concept, they must have enough intellect to be able to see how this government is supposed to work, and sadly they don't. We have enough oil reserves right now in this country to wipe out our debt, put our economy back on track, ensure America's energy independence, restore faith in America abroad, and provide jobs for many, many Americans in the process. If, and this is a big if, we are able to get the people into Washington with common sense. This reckless spending has got to stop, and we must make a budget and stick to it. All of the able-bodied people currently living on the government dole must get a job and become participating members of society. The days of something for nothing have got to stop. Let me tell you something. If you're one of those people who are able to work and you're living off of the work of others, then you are in for a rude awakening. If you think you've got this thing figured out and you know how to beat the system, wait until this economy collapses and see how you fare then. If you think me saying that you need to get a job is harsh and mean, just wait until you see what you're going to have to do after all of this hits the fan just to survive. It is just like a child not to see what is so plainly in front of them until it's no longer there. We have things so good in this country, but we want things even simpler and easier. I do not particularly like the job I'm currently doing, but I get up every day, I get dressed, and I go perform to the best of my ability because that is what responsible people do. Are there things I would rather be doing? Absolutely. But I have a responsibility and must contribute my fair share. As I get older, I realize that all of the aches and pains and weird feelings are a sign that my body is wearing out, and I would love to be able to spend the rest of my days doing what I want to do. But I am accountable to the privilege of living in this country and being a member of a society, 
so I am therefore obligated to pull my own weight for as long as I can. Why shouldn't I be able to expect the same from you? I have been working since I was 15 years old and I'm tired, but being responsible and mature forces me to continue until the time comes that I can be financially independent so that quitting work will not obligate others in my society to have to support me. I will most likely not even get the benefit of the Social Security monies that I have paid my entire life. And do you know why that is? It's really quite simple. It's, it's just an understanding of the can't spend more than you take in rule of finance. The Social Security program cannot sustain itself when there are over 90 million people out of work and therefore not contributing to the program. And to make it even worse, some of those people, along with many others, are actually drawing on the Social Security program under the guise of being disabled when in fact they are as able-bodied as I am or maybe even more so. Additionally, according to several websites I visited, including Forbes, the government has been borrowing and spending money from the Social Security Trust at a rate that has all but depleted the reserves held in the fund. Now, how would you define the activity of taking someone else's money out of a trust and spending it? How? Let me give you some definitions to assist you. The definition of embezzle is steal or misappropriate money placed in one's trust or belonging to the organization for which one works. Do you need a further explanation? Okay, how about larceny? which is the unauthorized taking and removal of the personal property of another by an individual who intends to permanently deprive the owner of it. Still a little unclear? Okay, then how about just plain old stealing, which is to take another person's property without permission or legal right and without intending to return it. If you still have ambiguity regarding this issue, then I'm not able to help you. I, and the millions like me, have paid money into the Social Security Fund since we began working, and whatever amount of money we have paid in, we should at least get that much back. But since the trust is nearly wiped out, how do you see the government repaying us when they are bankrupt? Call it what you want, but that is theft, plain and simple. The actions of this government are truly criminal. I want to make one thing perfectly clear, and that is that I am a deeply patriotic person who believes strongly in the rule of law and the importance of social conformity and unity. There must be accountability from the members of society in order for any society to be viable. I do not take lightly what I'm saying here, but I feel in my heart that being accountable members of society now suggests that we have to do something to stop this disaster. I can put my full support behind anyone who truly represents the will of the people in a reasonable, responsible manner, but that is not what we currently have in our government. We must vote these people out and get people in office with common sense and intellect if we want to survive as a nation. The time is now, and we cannot procrastinate any longer, because if we don't do something very soon, it will be too late, if it's not already. One last thought I want you to consider. There is a saying that says, payday someday. Have you heard it? Well, the payday is coming, and the people responsible for paying it will be our kids, grandkids, great-grandkids, and so on, for who knows how many generations, unless we act. Please consider my words carefully, and research the facts for yourself, and you will see the urgency. I'm not doing this for me. Like I said, I'm near the twilight of my life, but rather all who come after me. Do we really want to have to explain to our children and grandchildren how we let the greatest nation ever known on earth to simply wither and fade away? Do we really want that? I can't allow that to happen without at least trying to do all I can to stop it. Are there any others out there who feel the same? Let's work together and try to turn this thing around before it's too late. Good luck to us all. Thank you for listening.